0: The final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Adequate. Our ongoing mission, until we are cancelled and replaced by something far better. To review every Star Trek episode and movie in existence. To seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable. To boldly go where many other YouTube series have gone before. My word. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Trekking Up North. I am your host, Captain Goodwill, and joining me as ever because we have pulled him back from the Mirror Universe, where Mirror Universe Sinoys was last week. We have pulled him back. We have gone through the ion storm, and we have pulled him back. It's science officer Sinoys looking splendiferous in his velour shirt. Good evening, Sinoys. Why did you bring me back? Everyone over there was definitely up for it. Jagging for it, they
1: were lovely. But (laughs) I love how you managed to do that very professionally, considering that we've now got this kind of game of chicken from when you say you're playing the intro of how absurd we can be until we actually go live. And then you can just go flick serious and I'm just still pissing myself at like... (laughs) Yeah, you didn't see this, but literally before the thing, I was trying to do an operatic vocal of memory from Cats. (laughs) For about sausages. sausages and, and then Goodwill's like, Sausages! Sausages! And Goodwill's like, mm, space.
0: <laughs> I am a consulate yeah. professional. However, yeah. thespian.
1: Thespian, <laughs> is that what they call it these days? um yeah. oh, where is well. christopher wants to
0: know where is goth sign eyes he's back in the mirror universe getting all oh. the nooky, all the nookie he could handle
1: <laughs> all that nookie the oh.
0: mascara is
1: running the universe where everyone is bisexual thank you ds9 <laughs> um the, the, the facts it's canon um but uh, oh my God. yeah no actually to be fair after this episode i was thinking about doing the goth thing again because i quite like it but um yeah after this episode i was like no because i might actually cry like talking about this episode because of how amazingly wonderful and oh. like hard-hitting it, it it was and i was just like a it's warm and b i don't want to cry on a podcast so let's oh
0: we'll all cry but we've all cried on a podcast it's, it's part yeah, of. yeah but, but this time it not. won't be when wanking so it's <laughs> just <laughs> yes T- miles um <laughs> miles? <laughs> <laughs> anyway um how are you Sinoise? i'm
1: i'm good i'm i'm in a depressing bit at the minute though which is basically like where you just like someone's like oh we should hang out and i'm like cool i'm free in three weeks huh? <laughs> you know and it's just like oh that, that's really sucky when you have to do that
0: you, you but no it's
1: good me. Um, we have sunny con this weekend we <gasps> and... do Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to be there on the Saturday with Baron LeVay, probably, uh, you know, as a boy being their photographer, so say hi if you're there on the Saturday as well. And then on the Sunday, fingers crossed, provided it's not too wham, I will be uh, there as the Velvet Snatch, and we're doing our panel. Oh my god! I've only got got like four on my list of favourite cartoons. I'm kind of struggling. We're talking about our favourite cartoons, and I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's a
0: weird thing, isn't you, it? Like, you've only got four. Yeah. Oh wow. I have. I have thirteen. Um, hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know this thing? where I'm just
1: like maybe I shouldn't be on this panel. <laughs> you know, it's like. But then again, I can talk about one subject for a very long time. Good miles. I have. Uh, mm. <laughs> yes. How are you doing? Have you have you had a lovely week? Uh, are you, no, going anywhere nice? I like what you've done with your hair. It's proper posh.
0: Oh, thank you. It's called wash um <laughs> oh, I
1: yeah i don't understand
0: that yeah. alpacin stops it falling out right uh no my, my week has been um long arduous however for the first time in seven months i have a week off and i'm looking <laughs> forward to. yes i am also at SunnyCon anime expo at st james's park at newcastle upon tyne on sunday I can't wait. Um, yes, me, Sinoids, and the rest of the Nerdy Up North team will be main stage panellists at Sonicon Anime Expo, St. James's Park in Newcastle at 2pm on the afternoon. So if you want to come and see us brick it live on stage, that's where we will be. Because, guys, there's about 600 people who are going to be there, and I'm just like, ha ah, <laughs> So, yes, but I'm very much, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to... Getting together with our nerdy family once more, onto the breach, dear degenerates. Yeah. But uh, no, I've, I've got a week off for the first time in seven months, so I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to sleep. I will be cosplaying as Voyager Hawaiian Tom Paris because SonyCon at St. James's Park, much like my 2023 calendar, is hot. <laughs> and anything other than a Hawaiian shirt, I may turn into dust as a ginger. So, if you see a very bright Hawaiian shirt, a tricorder and a combat, it is me! I will be recording live videos and other videos to put on our YouTube channel throughout the week. So, please come and say hi. If you lick me... <laughs> You've been a prize. If... No. <laughs> if you lick me... I will hurt you. (laughs) No. (laughs) You will be put in the brig. Alright? With Donna. So (laughs) other than that, who have we got in the chat tonight? Well, we've got the usual mainstays. Hello, Beth. Michael is getting pissed for the whole week. No. Drunk, not pissed. We've got Christopher. Hi, Christopher. We've got the Legend of Lan. All the Discord favourites are here. We've got Paul as well. Hi, Paul. We're going to be nerding it up. No, you will not get £10 if you lick Goodwill, Paul. Stop (laughs) incentivising the the patrons, the visitors, please. I beg of you. Not in the age of cosy lives. Please stop giving money to lick me. Adam, what happens I... if I lick you? Adam, you are eight foot tall. You would have to bend down a lot to try and lick me, and I'm going to use that to my advantage. Can we just pretend he wasn't talking about you there? And I've
1: got an answer for you, Adam. Uh... Oh, my.
0: <laughs> nine foot tall, beast. Nine foot? I've heard he's nine foot... I've heard he's nine and a half foot. And he's also I tall. wasn't <laughs> talking. Nine... <laughs> <laughs> Big penis. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs>
1: That's how you smoke cigarettes, isn't
0: it? <laughs> okay. Twenty pound on the main stage, for God's sake, Paul. Stop it. Stop <laughs> I'll it. I'll do that on the main stage.
1: No! Twenty pound.
0: Pa- Twenty pounds. Twenty
1: pounds. I could spend that on one pound mix-ups.
0: Thirty pound, and I'll I could lick have myself. All of the
1: fizzy sweets. Th-
0: Thirty pound, and I will lick myself live on stage. <laughs> um, mm. <laughs> Daddy's got fuel tonight. <laughs> Daddy's got it. Daddy's got it
1: <laughs> i actually i showed goodwill a new uh emote thing that i put on my twitch that i'll be using later that i maybe no one else will find funny but it makes me laugh so,
0: oh uh, my god yes we're getting all the hahas out now before we get yeah. to the wah-wahs of we'll get episode. the stupid
1: stuff out and then mark will join and be like oh you're boring as
0: shit this week and i'm like yes yes, yes. we are. mark is here judging us I, I can feel it in my water <laughs> um but no guys we are here as ever to renew uh to review <laughs> star, renew start oh my god, it's all gone wrong. Let's start again. Hello! <laughs> um, we are here to review Star Trek Strange New Worlds episode 2. Ad Astra per Aspera to the stars through hardship. All I'm going to say before we do get into this, holy cow, this is Star Trek at its best. And I got a lot of Measure of a Man vibes from this episode and not mm. a measure of a man as you degenerates are thinking of i'm thinking a measure <laughs> of a man the famous tng episode relating to data um yeah. shall we oh no what's what's paul saying yes He'll we will have it. to have a graham lick goodwill on stage can you please stop forcing staff? Said he to... <laughs> stop forcing know, the stuff like we just because we call you a
1: cult leader paul doesn't mean you have to be a creepy sex pest it's i know it's I know it's literally, like, a thing, but, you know, it's like the whole thing. Can
0: we not just skip to the suicide? Can we not just... Oh, no, unalive. You can't say the S word. Oh, can you not? Unalive.
1: Oh, wow. Actually, Baron was telling me that on TikTok. Yes. And they, they were saying all this stuff on TikTok, and you're just going, like, what? What?" But people still know what it means. Like, surely that... <laughs> the whole point is not the word, it's the meaning. Oh, well, anyway. Well, it's
0: either unalive or alive Alivened. 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 <laughs>
1: I was feeling alive and today, but uh, it's, it's really, this episode is incredible. Like this, this episode is literally, and it seems weird that we talk about new Trek and we talk about like, you know, all this stuff of, Oh, well, you know, it's not going to be as good as the old days, but I kind of put this up there with like, you know, like, you know, like you're saying measure of a man, like, uh, what's it called? Oh, uh, you know, In the Pale Moonlight, uh, oh, yes. or even, even what's it called, the uh, To the Stars uh, from DS9? Yes. The, the one where it's basically where he's a comic book artist, where he's a writer.
0: Oh, Far Beyond the Stars. Far Beyond the Stars. Yes.
1: It, it fits in with that, and this episode demonstrates the, the nuance and the joy of Trek, where it can comment upon real-life events and real-life bigotry,
0: hmm.
1: but through metaphor, where it's not... It's not going, hey, here's the exact problem that we have in our world, you know, which seems a bit like quaint because they would have got past 90% of that stuff in the future, but it basically goes, hey, here's the entire same situation in a different context, but in a way that you can relate. And the reason why this is important is that when Trek talks about things like racism or homophobia or transphobia, it's not directly talking about those things in the episode. Because the people who are homophobic, the people who are racist, are going to be watching it and be like, oh, I can't relate to this. Oh, this is virtue signaling bullshit kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then when you watch it through Trek, you see the situation, you agree with the situation where you go, hey, that's not fair. You know, that, you know, like this is, you know, crap. And then obviously realize later, oh, oh shit, this is the same as this situation that, you know, and, and it's it's the wonderful thing about like Trek where it manages to fight bigotry that way, rather than giving them a lecture, they kind of just go, Hey, isn't this situation a lot like this whole thing we've got going on currently in America or whatnot. And yeah, like this is one of these really punchy episodes where it's, it's very emotional.
0: <laughs> it's, it's very relevant. And Star Trek is, is very clever to portray issues of its time, issues of the day, in a way where people can understand them it it, it 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 translates problems that we are facing in a way that people understand and that people can can it it it, it puts them in a context where mm. everyone can it's, it's it's really hard to it's, it's really hard to explain well i think but i they think have done. so go on well,
1: Christopher's pointed out very good in the chat where he said you've got to trick the bigots into being decent, and it's very true. Like it's this this because the problem is like I had it with um like coming out as gay and stuff. All of the people I knew that I grew up with who were bigoted and were like oh fucking gays and stuff like that they're like very homophobic. Like the the way to fight against that was just being me and just like them realizing oh and being in that situation and being like oh I have to question this belief that i have because i didn't realize i hadn't thought about it in that kind of context and that's how this works
0: nichelle nichols famously said that when she was discussing some episodes of the original series with gene roddenberry um it was the issues of hey we know you're trying to get this message across to people but we are not sure if the people are going to understand it and they will struggle mm. with what you are trying to put across in regards to certain episodes with with bigotry racism uh, and 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 the like and, and and rights and gene famously turned around and said they might not get it but the kids will mm. and i think that that is very poignant that star trek when when seen through a child's eye does help children i mean it helped me and it helped a lot of people who are my age who grew up with you know the original series and the next generation stuff help them understand that these issues it helped them understand that there is racism there is bigotry there is uh discrimination and persecution of all kinds but humanity can rise above it and tackle these challenges head on and it's, it's the fact that, yes, it was geared to send everyone the message, but the people who would understand it the most would be the next generation, the, the younger generation, the people who would mm. embody the very values that Gene Roddenberry and the like wanted to embody into these yeah. people to, to build this utopia. And they, they mention this a lot through the episode where, you know, especially when they say that the Federation was built on a utopia and in building this utopia became prejudicial of people who they didn't want in that utopia
1: well it it it, we we get to see a great bit of the dark side of the federation and obviously we we do get hints of the dark side of the federation obviously in picard it's very pronounced and it's a bit clunky in season one and stuff but it's the idea of like they're not it's it's not a utopia like you know in the capacity of they got really burned, like you know. So obviously, what, what's it called with the you know the drug war where they have you know the Q, uh, it happens before it happens between Enterprise and the original series, but you know where it's like the um oh where it's it's uh Q references it in Escape from Farpoint, where basically oh that was have, World War Three. Was it World War Three? Yeah, yes. that happens before Enterprise, doesn't it? Yes,
0: it happened in the twenty between the twenty forties and the. 2050s, where they controlled soldiers through the use of narcotics. Which also it references how Germany controlled their soldiers in the Great War using ecstasy and and the like. You know, through, through as they call it, Panzer chocolates. You know, uh, but... well, they,
1: it wasn't called Panzer chocolate,
0: was it? No, no. But it, it's it's how it's, it's <laughs> how it's. Oh,
1: I can't get enough of this Panzer. But well, it tastes a little bit. It's like... how
0: they they controlled their soldiers. <laughs> through putting drugs in their food you know ecstasy Mm. and the like and they you know q reference i mean it wasn't mentioned a lot after that if if at all but But it exists yeah it exists
1: in the universe and obviously that's one big establishing event like for humanity where it's like oh let's never do that again that kind of brought us together but the other event is the eugenics war which is obviously was uh, began by uh, khan noonian singh wasn't it
0: yeah it was there's a lot of uh again
1: goodwill to talk about this because this is like preamble to what yes. the episode's talking about. So,
0: so uh, for, for those that don't know, the eugenics wars, it, it's taken on different uh, scenarios throughout canon, because obviously Star Trek was made in the 60s and for them, the 1990s was, was the distant future. We were in the midst of the space race in the 60s and they were like, oh, we will have colonies on the moon by the 80s and we'll be doing this. So for them to say, well, the eugenics wars were in the 1990s and it was basically what what happened was the rise of genetic manipulation and genetic modification eugenics uh, which was spurred on by the germans or the the, the that party in the 40s <laughs> in the 30s and 40s um sort of uh, propagated and got advanced to a point where in the 90s or in whatever time you want to consider it now The genetic engineering was rife, and it bred a uh, army of super soldiers, highly intellectual, very strong, very intelligent people. Who looked a lot
1: like underwear models.
0: Very beautiful people as well, because obviously, (laughs) with a lot of mullets. Of the purest race. <laughs> um but uh it, it was blonde blonde blue eye but it was um basically they bred these people to con- you know they they were bred to control they were bred to control the population it run amok and it ended up where these people uh controlled a quarter of the planet a quarter of of earth so in the original mm-hmm. series we see the ra- the rise of of Khannunian Singh who ended up controlling a large swath of Asia uh, until we rose up against them and they left on a secret spaceship, uh, a 1990s rocket shall we say. Never to be seen again, like everything was classified, they disappeared. Throughout, it's been a bit of a nightmare for Trek because obviously the nineties have come and gone. So they've been saying, "Well, this was a, this was a cold war, but this was a very, very cold war. This happened under the, this happened behind the scenes, and this was like, these are the secret cabal, the secret, you know, you hear, you know, like in conspiracy theories, there is a secret order, there is the Illuminati that controls, them. they're trying to say that these these augments, as they call them." are that illuminati they control large swathes of the world and everyone's mm. rose up against them so they escaped so khan and that lot escaped but be- from the ashes of the eugenics war where apparently 30 odd million people died earth banned genetic uh, modification manipulation of any kind they they any embryos that were modified were taken away hidden stored mm. um there's a great Uh, arc in Season 4 of Enterprise where they go into this and it also leans into uh, Klingons as well, quite Mm. surprisingly. Like, how did the Klingons get the smooth ridges? Well, watch Star Trek Enterprise to find out because they tie it in quite nicely. So, it was a great...
1: Yeah, it's that idea though of like... That it doesn't just capture humanity. It's not just humanity saying, hey, genetic modification is bad for us. It's the fact that they apply it to everyone. They apply it to everyone in the Federation so that they won't deal with, because of that fear, because of how dangerous, like, you know, the augments were to humanity and because of this thing, it basically you you can't join starfleet if you are if you are or if your race is or if you're associated practically with genetically modified like uh, people or no matter what race you are and it's kind of like it's kind of like if you banned german people from having jobs or something nowadays because of what happened in world war ii and it's kind of kept there where they're just going oh we're just we're just being safe we're just you know just making sure and then yeah we have all these people where like we have the character of lan uh the security officer in uh strange new worlds who is a a descendant of khan noonian singh who isn't augmented directly herself but she still lives in this sort of like with this prejudice over herself and this kind of self-hatred because of what she is because it's been battered into her so much since she since she was a child oh you're augmented you are you are from this horrible monster
0: yeah
1: and they you know this episode is very much about dealing with your heritage dealing with your past and your race and like you know and the unconscious or conscious bias from other people based upon what box you fall in rather than who you are as an actual person you know christopher basically.
0: christopher asked what about data data is uh, an android so he hmm. doesn't fall under the category of genetically modified because he is an artificial um he is an artificial being so well, people are still terrified of him they he are still terrified yes there, there and is
1: that's that. how we get that's how we get the episode measure of a man in next generation where basically starfleet are going hey we need to know more about data so we just kind of need to take him apart and then we can make more datas and we can work out how to lessen this potential threat from it because obviously it happens in response to law existing yes where because i think they kind of accept data and they're like oh data's cool he's passive oh it's totally fine he doesn't break any laws let's just keep him around and then when law appears and they're like oh androids are really dangerous if they are psychopaths so and then it and then it that same bias against like you know oh because law was dangerous then maybe data is we need to classify data and we need to control data more which is what measure of a man goes into
0: but it's also then, yeah it's it's also good to know that obviously i, I won't spoil it because a lot a lot of our viewers and I, i'm quite honored that they, that they are watching star trek because of us they are watching <laughs> the next generation so all i'm saying is there are other things you can watch not for us all i am saying is uh, oh hello rebecca uh loving uh love the sum up on un- un- unconscious bias, yes. Thank you very much, Becca. Yeah. <laughs> we will see you Sunday at Yes, um, that's what we say about it. All I will say is, in in regards to data and the prejudice in regards to artificial life, watch Picard, mm. um, and 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 you will see what what happens because of that. But very much with the augments, it was like, this is not allowed, not at all. And, and, I mean, this continues all the way through Deep Space Nine, as we see with Julian Bashir as well. Yeah. It continues. Uh, and, and, you know, it's sort of like, this is bad. This is what happened to us. We don't want this to happen on a galactic scale. Because superior... Uh, Khan's phrase, isn't it? Superior... Oh, I'm going to have to Google it. It's... <laughs>
1: But I think the um, I think the thing about it though is that um, this parallels real life a lot because we have it where because there's a a potential threat we're willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater we're willing to be like oh well because something bad might happen uh, we should just ban this entirely and then realizing that that's like irrational that irrational fear that like. You know, and, and obviously, we there's a lot of parallels you can make to real life now. Like, obviously, no one really thinks this way. But, like, you know, the, the bathroom thing with trans people, where they're like, oh, trans people are going into women's bathrooms. They're like, going to molest everyone. And you're, like, going, what? You know, like, that might have happened, like, once or twice. Is that a reason to ban it in the whole world kind of thing? Yes. And in the same capacity, it's like, I'm pretty sure the people that would do that would do it regardless of laws, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. that... It's that horrible thing, but it's the fact of it's, you know, that kind of oh well, because there's a threat there, we'll just ban this totally, and that's exactly what this is. It goes, hey, we had Carnonian Sing, we had the Augments in the past, therefore we'll just ban it outright. And the problem is that, like, the Federation, their whole claim is that they're accepting. Their whole claim is to go out and find new worlds, uh, welcome alien races into the Federation, and basically be sort of like, let's all work together. And then it's nuts that they, throughout all of Trek, like even going up to DS9, they still have this hard rule of going, nope. You know, like literally, nope, nope, fuck you. If if you're augmented, fuck you. It doesn't matter how well you've done, how good you are, what your actual record is, fuck off. And it's, yeah, and it's kind of nuts that there's this sort of like seed of sort of horribleness in the centre of the Federation,
0: <laughs> it highlights um, it highlights the fact that Starfleet and, in fact, that the United Federation of Planets is not a perfect utopian society as people believe it to be. That, as with everything, there are dark sides, there are controversial sides. Oh, thank you for donating one pound forty nine <laughs> for a unicorn peaches. I don't get the. The reason for one power to die but okay must delicious. be a sticker delicious a but yeah, delicious unicorn it, it's, i will taste it's rub yeah oh my it's <laughs> but it's sort of it these episodes sort of i mean ds9 did it quite a lot with starfleet that there is a gray side there is a dark side to the united federation of planets and this goes to emphasize that yes this utopia does have its downsides it does have its prejudices and persecutions Let's get into the episode itself, because the episode opens with uh, a young Una. Mm. Well, in- uh, just as context, this episode, basically, in the at the end of the first oh,
1: yes, season yes. of Strange New Worlds, uh, we found out that, well, we knew, but basically um, the first officer, Una, is an augment. She's from a race called the Illyrians, yes. who are basically who basically are augmented like their culture is that they augment themselves they kind of keep tinkering around with their dna to make themselves like better but because it's there in their society even if they don't agree with it they're still augmented and so even the ones where even the people where they've you know got away from it or they can't really help it they're still blacklisted and they're still treated as outsiders so she applied to starfleet and lied on her application. So even though she's been in Starfleet for 25 years and like has all these commendations and stuff, they found out because she had to reveal herself to have these, uh, you know, uh, supernatural powers in order to save the whole crew of the Enterprise in season one. And then Starfleet immediately goes, "Eh," arrested and she's on trial. And so in the last episode, the first episode of season one, We have it where captain pike goes off on a mission to basically get the best lawyer in space like the best lawyer that they can possibly do for a civil rights case of this nature Mm -hmm. who is also an illyrian Mm -hmm. uh, and convince them to fight una's case and that's where this starts off basically
0: yes because the episode starts where we see a flashback scene of a young una who is sat in bed with a broken leg and the parents are refusing to take her to a doctor because if they take her to a doctor, they will find out who she is. They will lose everything because Illyrians cannot. I mean, they they, they... will get into it, but there is a reason why the Illyrians, uh, why they cannot go to a normal doctor because this is a simple. Even by today's standards, a broken leg is something simple that can be fixed. It can be aligned. It can be patched up they refuse to because as they say we will lose everything and we see that this young una is glowing and then the parents go we'll find another way she's going to be okay back to present day we see uh una and her attorney talking to captain patel where patel orders um offers them a bargain so plead guilty you will be dishonorably dismissed from starfleet there will be no jail time no exile you will be a free Federation citizen, and we will seal your records. Una says that this is just Starfleet looking the other way.
1: Yeah. It, it's literally the idea of going, they don't want this horrible case to go to court, because yeah. the whole thing is basically them going, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, we've been singing her praises for years. She's really well respected, but actually we're going to put her in jail because she's different. And, you know, and it's the idea of they're very much going, hey, if you'll just not do that, then we'll just let you off scot-free. Uh, but you're not allowed to be in Starfleet, even though it's your dream. And yeah, but and obviously a lawyer... she just kind of... Well, the problem is, though, it points out how corrupt this situation is, where her lawyer's like, oh, it's a good deal, you should take it. And then Una points out, like, how can I trust his counsel when he works for you? Yeah, when he
0: works <laughs> it's... for you. And he's like, yeah, that that's just like... It's like the DA in America sending a yeah. DA, and it's just like that. That, that what? Eh? Like how does that work? But then we go back to the the Volterra Nebula where Pike has gone to find this lawyer, and he's mm. rud- he's going to this office. He can't breathe. Uh, started 23, uh, 2393.8.
1: I have to say, I thought this was a bit crap, the special effects, because basically it's got Pike walking down like this, like, street, and he's got a gas mask on, and he's like struggling to breathe and stuff, and no one else does, but no one looks like an alien. It's just human people. And I just love the idea that it just got a random street and went, like, okay. Well, those Hands are all Illyrians. Just walk down this with like a. Those are all Illyrians. Because my, mm.
0: my theory is with. Because when the Illyrians were first seen in Star Trek Enterprise, they were different. They looked like. Uh, a humanoid species that is non-human. The theory is that obviously they genetically engineered themselves to look like human beings, to, to make themselves no longer look like a natural Illyrian. So if they are genetically augmented at birth, then they are born looking like humans. So yes, he's walking through these streets and he's struggling to breathe because this atmosphere is toxic to humans however because they are illyrians a simple modification means that they can breathe in the the, the air
1: of mm. this planet which kind of points out like how it's not all bad like how yeah. the illyrians how genetic modification can actually help you in your life and it means that they've been able to colonize this whole other planet you know and you're just going well no, in other cases the where they won't be bad. able to yeah exactly so yeah. like
0: it, you know if 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 this was if they didn't have genetic manipulation, they would not have been able to colonize this planet. So mm. they would have had to have found somewhere else, which would have been a drain. It's it's very clever that they're like, oh, well, this this has got this much of nitrogen content. Oh, we we'll, a, a simple modification will allow us to breathe yeah. that. We can thrive on here. I mean, it's even referenced when they go into the office after he's sort of held himself hostage by draining his oxygen, where he's just like, I'll wait until I see it. I'll wait. And then... Well, yeah he, hey, he's i think really i love it, it it
1: has, <laughs> it has the set it has the secretary secretary on the like phone to uh the lawyer basically going yeah he's still here he won't go he won't leave and then you know and then she tries to get rid of him again and pike's just like no nope, no nope, i'm gonna stay until she's ready to see me and then uh his oxygen starts running out and he starts like struggling to breathe and the woman's like go you know like go you go uh you can't die here practically and then obviously you know they uh, what what's the word? Is it chicken or call, calls a bluff effectively? Yes. And then she panics. She calls the lawyer. The lawyer comes in. They turn they turn the oxygen on so that he can breathe again. And then she's like, "Well done, you got to see me." Yeah. <laughs> like, but you, she still well, refuses. Well done, you got a meeting with me by nearly killing yourself. But she <laughs>
0: she still refuses. She yeah. still refuses a case. She knows exactly what's going on with Una. We don't know why she knows. We don't know the history between her and Anuna, she refuses the case you know he, pike's gone all this way and basically she said it's a wasted journey for you um oh hello dustin uh good night welcome to the chat Hey, think Dustin. You, think you're a first time viewer hello but yeah dustin, so good night Dustin. Quite like that's a metal name it is boy. it is it's really good that's a fantastic name mr <laughs> is it uh, so good night oh so good, night. <laughs> good, night. Sir, good night. But yes, is that you saying goodbye to Sir? Is that you saying goodnight, sir? Yeah. But she, she Nera refuses this case. She refuses to take him on. You know, there's obviously, even at this scene, there is obviously some sort of displeasure at the thought of Starfleet and the Federation because she even Mm. says, you know, even this atmosphere, I thought this would have been a good place to be away from you, to be away from you people. Because it's inhospitable to you, and Pike, Pike being Pike, ever the Boy Scout, he's like, ten cases are being thrown out or overturned, due to insufficient evidence, and he's he's convincing her to take this case because he's like, if you get her out on a technicality, if you get her out of this case, those are the cases that were thrown out or dismissed can then be reevaluated yeah. they can be reinvestigated well this is the this is the
1: wonderful thing about law i don't actually i don't know if it's wonderful it's a bit weird but it's the idea of like if you can just make headway in one situation then you can basically reevaluate everything else or you can use that as a reference so if you can basically go hey we've proved in this case that this is the case then you can look at other ones and reference that one and be like hey well it was fine there hmm. so and it kind of snowballs from there. So obviously Pike's going, if you win this one, it will be really useful for all of your other stuff. But but she definitely has a massive chip on her shoulder about the Federation. And, and don't, Una. We don't, yeah, and Una. We don't fully go into it in the episode, but I think it's basically just the idea of the Starfleet are seen by her as, you know prejudicial uh, racist. I would say yeah, yeah prejudicial racist you know as in they literally just go hey blanket ban on your whole race you can't be in the federation and it's like why oh because of what you are and like yeah. right okay that you
0: know you, you've got you let the Klingons join not at this point but you yeah. know like welcome to the chat spectrum I believe that's my good old buddy Joe welcome for Good. Oh, he's, finally he's he he made it yes he made it it's it's fairly early in good old wow United. dustin
1: goodnight dustin goodnight is saying that's his real name wow name. that
0: is a that is a handsome you need to name. become a
1: rocker you need to become like a frontman or something with a name like that that's amazing or some sort
0: well, of author because that is a that is a that is just... a rear book cover with a with a very tight black t-shirt pose that's that's a yeah that's it a... yes oh mate welcome
1: i'm, I'm dusting Goodnight. now my dark place yeah oh my um <laughs> hey, but, hey joe, hey joe yeah.
0: term. mark's so, probably yeah, lurking yeah. going oh my god but uh so near so Nira, scared to show his face <laughs> yeah so Nira travels to san francisco visits una now the tension between these two they haven't seen each other for 25 years we don't know what's happened and Nira's is just like hey yeah Cut to the short and curlies. What has happened? Brief me. Una briefs her. And basically just says, well, why don't you just plead guilty, take the deal, and just walk away. Mm -hmm. Una quite rightly says, I shouldn't have to hide anymore. Why should I walk away and hide? I shouldn't have to feel like that anymore. Why should I hide from everyone who I am? Convinces Neera, and Nero goes to the council and says that the deal is rejected. Mm. And she's doing it for all the Illyrians uh, who don't just run away to Starfleet. She's doing it for all Illyrians.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing. It's the fact of it's the principle of it. It's the idea of, yes, you could just walk away from it and burn everything that she's put in. But it's it's mainly the idea of just going, no, this needs to be dealt with. Like. Yeah you know you wonder if there's also an element of she doesn't realize how uphill this struggle is but you know but uh, and the lawyer very much understands it but uh, yeah dustin's pointed out a very good bit later on the episode we'll get to that we'll get to that scene dustin
0: yeah we we will get if if you're a first time viewer guys uh, me and science officers cynoise on the USS adequate as everyone may know <laughs> it's held together with duct tape and hope at the moment it's um we do we do scene by scene analysis uh of each episode so we get into it we we get into the real nitty gritty of oh it so God. so pull up have some biscuits have a good old tea if you're british yeah, have biscuits. a good out we we, we we need biscuits have we got biscuits i don't have biscuits i want biscuits now Wow, that basket!
1: <laughs> okay. But um, I just, I just spat on myself there. Oh, That's oh dear! Oh the, f- the fluids are everywhere. <laughs> How professional! Uh, but no, it, it's it's such a good
0: episode. I absolutely love this one. So yeah. But back on the Enterprise, petel is pissed. Goes straight to Pike and says that they they have rejected the deal, and Pike quite rightly says, you know, the, the law is wrong. Mm. The law is wrong. Una Wait, should be it, on it his bridge.
1: Something it points out very something very important, which is basically where she's saying, "Hey, she's she, breaking the she she's breaking the law," and Pike just says, "And what if the law is wrong?" Yes, oh, which is yeah. something that is very very relevant to like today you know like for instance the fact of in the uk parliament keep trying to push the anti-protest bill like it's the idea where they literally go like okay you know like and this is terrifying that the tories are trying to do this and obviously you've got uh you know red Tories helping them but it's the idea of like going hey we can do that retroactively so we put this bill in and then if you've ever been part of a protest or if you've ever been arrested for sort of like disturbing the peace we can just pull that up and arrest you and you're like going that's terrifying and draconian and horrible and then but the problem is it will be law because idiots in charge said it would be and the importance of basically understanding when law is wrong like when we go, yeah. Just because we're saying it's a law doesn't mean we can't change it. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't question it and go, is that still relevant now? Yeah. Or Was th- it put these... in by idiots in the first place? For, for those but... for
0: those non-British people, fuck <laughs> the Tories. <laughs> <laughs>
1: fuck the Tories. don't <laughs> fuck the Tories. They'll enjoy it. Just burn them.
0: Yes, um, <laughs> they've they've read 1984 and uh, V for Vendetta and went, hmm. Some of those ideas <laughs> aren't a... bad.
1: What a great idea! <laughs> yeah.
0: So yes, they are—they are fulfilling Thatcher's dream, and we are all uh, loving it. So yeah, Patel, Patel is absolutely pissed, and because Una and Council has rejected the the deal, the Jag is going to get involved. Uh, the Jag being Judge Advocate General. If anyone's not a fan of Jag, um, hi. Uh, um, yes, I watch a lot. Of I've s- never heard that before. I thought you meant Mick Jagger, and I was like, is he a Jag? Man? Judge ad- Judge Judge Advocate like- General. Have you never seen NCIS? Good God! What no. have you done with your life? what? How da- do you not have a spare twenty-five years to watch that? I'm um, <laughs> so, saving that up for SG one. Your God, yeah. So Patel Patel basically says to Pike that they should have taken the deal, and because mm. they haven't taken the deal, we go back to San Francisco, and then we see what I am going to who who I am going to address going forward as Pesak the Patak. <laughs> that's who I'm going to address it this is Vulcan Karen Yeah, Vulcan Karen Pasak the Patak joins the case, this is Admiral Pasak uh, joins yeah. the case Patel says that we want to amend the changes sees all the has being rejected we want to charge them for knowingly falsifying their entry details violating Starfleet Code 614 to 617 preventing officers from engaging in genetic engineering and two counts of sedition they want to seek 20 years in prison yes. or a federation and, penal colony. And this
1: is when the plea deal gets said. When they mention the plea deal in the for, in one of the early scenes, it's basically they're like, oh, well, you know, what do you want? Do you want to leave scot-free and then we never bring this up again? Or do you want, like, two years in jail? Because that's what they were suggesting. Yeah. And then now that she's rejected it, they've literally just brought all these other charges in to be like, okay, we're going to aim for 20 years in prison. Like and oh yeah you know it's that it's that jump up of just being like oh they desperately want this to be dropped they desperately want like you know uh this to not go through but the same. but the, same the whole the thing about law is that if you bring stuff in front of a country if you bring stuff in front of a population that it starts a question going and that's the dangerous thing. Like, so having people think about this and having people brought into a discussion is probably more dangerous than actually ignoring it, which, yeah. But,
0: but they also say themselves in the next scene, like, why is it such a joke? Because because they wanted it so... Because they wanted Una so desperately to accept the plea and to drop it, they are now yeah. going to make an example because this is now going to be made public. Yeah. Or at least known in Starfleet because I don't I don't think it'd be made public per se, but maybe within military it would be thing. But mm-hmm. basically saying if we can't make this go away quietly, we will then bang to rights Una and use it as, as an example so that anyone in the future thinks twice before doing the very same thing. Which we mm-hmm. have seen um on, on multiple occasions in real life this is what they do you know they will use someone as an example as a deterrent for everyone else in the future be it be good be it be bad yeah so the next scene like I said they want to use him uh Persack uh wants to bring Admiral April to the stand mm. to, t- to testify in the court and Una goes well that, that must be a good thing and he was like well no because Pesach wouldn't Pesach the patak there's a lot of peas i should get a pop filter yeah. should wouldn't bring a friendly witness out without a strategy yeah now this is, this admiral
1: is someone who's helped Una throughout the whole career yep. like he is basically how una got into starfleet and he's the person who effectively got her promoted up to the level that she is so the idea of him being brought to the stand and obviously we get to see how good the new lawyer is uh, they're called neela aren't they the lawyer nearer nearer yeah Nira. how good Nira is as a lawyer because she sees what is happening here where they just go oh well if it's my mate and they're being brought to the witness stand and that's going to be great but effectively what it is is that going hey they're going to have a strategy and they're going to use his duty to basically sort of bury you like oh yeah yeah that's what they try and do
0: because 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 at this stage, Una wants to take 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 the take stand. You know, yeah. I want I want to defend I want to defend myself. I want to tell them my story. And at this stage, Nira's going, no, we are going to do it my way this time, mm-hmm. not your way. Una agrees, and then we see that Nira goes. Uh, is is being back to the Enterprise. Is set up in Una's quarters by Pike, and asks Laan for the Starfleet Uniform Code of Justice, because it's it's going to help the case.
1: Yeah.
0: La Anne at this point feels that she may be able to to help um mm. based on the the case of Starfleet versus Wick, where evidence was dismissed on a technicality.
1: Mm.
0: Uh and Una believes that at this stage that evidence might have to be dismissed because it was either unlawfully um unlawfully uh, submitted or, gained. Falsified or, gained yeah. or falsified
1: We're, and the interesting thing here is that like there's a subtext in the episode which is the fact of Lan's backstory like we said is that she comes from, she is a descendant of Nunean Singh, the, the augment uh, and you know dictator basically mm. and she hates augments, she has an absolute bias towards augments but that gets challenged in season one of it when she finds out that Una is One like Una, who literally saved her life and has brought given her the life that she has now. And it's so it's basically we've seen this change in Lan where basically, um, you know, they're going, Oh, but but they're my friend, but they're something I hate. So maybe I'm wrong, maybe they're not all bad, kind of thing. But it's the idea of we still don't know who actually told on Una because the whole crew found out that she was an augment, but uh, an Illyrian. But then basically all went, oh, cool. She's our mate, so we won't tell anyone, and kept it a secret. And then somehow Starfleet found out. So we still don't know if someone turned them in or if it happened a different way. And so having Lan basically go, hey, I want to help, and I want to see if I can do something. And there's an element of suspicion. There's an element of suspicion because we're like, did Lan turn them in? Like, we thought that they'd come far, but were they still kind of, oh, but actually, I did it, you know, because I hate Illyrians, you know, or I hate Orgmans. And so there's that thing here, which is why this scene feels a bit tense, where you're a bit not sure on Lan's intentions. Yeah. And throughout the episode, when she's investigating, we are a bit like, maybe, it, maybe
0: it was her, and maybe she's trying to cover her tracks, you know. And at this stage of Strange New Worlds as well, it should, you know, we should point out, yes, she is a Noonian sing. But it's yet to be fully explored. We, we do have a backstory for La'an mm. which was explored in season one where she was on a civilian ship for a colony and they were attacked by the Gorn and the Gorn essentially were harvesting humans to to lay eggs and, and to be mm. food for their young. That's all we know for, for La'an. The whole Noonian Singh thing has yet to be explored in Strange New yeah. Worlds and it will be very interesting to see how they explore that. <clears throat> Sorry. So at this stage lan's hatred for not augments but genetically modified people mm-hmm. is strong we don't know fully why what she's being told about Carnuni and singh at this point we, we don't know but the hate is there and we see that in season one when we find out that una is an illyrian and that Laan feels betrayed she feels absolutely betrayed by this yeah. So at, at this stage of the episode, it's a very much who done it who done it. We don't you know we, we don't know who reported uh, Una to Starfleet because the next scene is in the the new mess hall where Pike and Patel are talking and Pike wants to take the stand to help defend Una. And Patel quite rightly, uh ask him, you know how did you how did you guys meet and well, this is this is great though
1: because patel is basically she is the prosecution yeah. but she helps pike out she helps pike out in this in this situation because he is very much going no i'm i i'm the best witness i could yeah. totally stand up for her in court and that's not the point you answer the questions that they give you mm-hmm. and then basically patel walks him down a scenario and tricks him into basically going you know like going hey so how do you feel about this and then he goes oh oh i can't answer yeah. this question without incriminating myself and una yeah uh, you know and she's like yeah that's why we're not asking you understand that's why una's not being asked to understand because you know if they answer the facts as they are it is still illegal and the whole point isn't whether the law is wrong the whole point is, did you break that law that exists?
0: Because it's not about taking the stand and giving an inspiring speech, as is what's referenced earlier on yeah. in the scene where... Which you know, very he's very good at, as yeah, we've seen. as he's, you know, he's giving a speech to Una. This is how they met. He was giving a speech to Una at the academy, about, and she pulled him up on his bullshit. And it's, it's very much that Patel is trying to convince Pike you giving that speech will not do anything. They will cross... They will uh, cross-examine you, they will pull you up and you will be fucked. But it won't just be Una, it would be you, and it would be the entire crew of the Enterprise. So, you know, she said, not only for Una's sake, but for your sake and the crew of the Enterprise, do not take the stand. The problem we have is that everyone is uh everyone knew
1: about it because yeah. everyone found out that una was like an illyrian and it shouldn't be in starfleet and then they didn't say anything and that makes them
0: complicit
1: uh, complicit to conspiracy yeah and basically it just means like if anyone if anyone says that they knew about this before starfleet found out about it themselves then they all that all their careers are fucked.
0: yeah because they're all and accessories that, yeah
1: yeah, that's it. That's the word I was trying to think of. Accessories. Yeah, I'll think about Claire's accessories. Gonna get me some bangles. Oh, yeah.
0: Claire's accessories. Give us a call, oh, darling.
1: I I hate Claire's accessories because they have that offer on there Doesn't matter, offer. darling. You, you know? They have the trick offer where it's basically you have, you get four items and you get one free. But try finding four fucking items you want in Claire's accessories. You just like Ooh. you get to three and you'll be like, <laughs>
0: you
1: know, it's the hours I've spent.
0: Thank God the Starship anyway. Adequate has replicators that barely work. <laughs> but we do get a little bit of a lighthearted uh, part of this scene where we see Ortega and Mbenga watching Spock and Pasak the Patak talking. And Ortega is going, you know, it's great no, it.
1: it's, it's great, though, because basically Ortega Ortega is joking about mm. this. Like, she's, she's very much joking about, like, how they're just sitting there, stock still, talking to each other, like, calmly, and you know you just like go and obviously very much kind of going oh yeah why is he why is he getting on with this like you know Vulcan dickhead you know like <laughs> you know getting in bed with the enemy kind of thing and then like you say Umbenga kind of points out that there's a lot more to this than meets oh, the eye they,
0: he, and he, he turned around and he goes you don't see it they hate each other they absolutely detest each other and it's confirmed when Spock walk well, like we hear nothing we see nothing yeah. we just see two people Having a, con- having a quiet conversation. And Spock comes over and he's going, I apologise that you had to witness that outburst. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, out of all of Sarek's former colleagues, Persak brings out the worst in me. And they're just like... Ugh. I mean, it doesn't
1: help that he looks like the fucking villain from Stingray. Is it? <laughs> Is it? No, oh my Wanderbush. God, he does! You know, he, he actually... likes am like Troy Tempest. <gasps> if yeah, if you're watching on the YouTube, basically, like, when it scrolls along, there's a bald character... And he is the character we're talking about, with these massive eyebrows, and he looks like a villain from Thunderbirds. But <laughs> you know, but... Oh,
0: Thunderbirds <laughs> as well. Oh, it was Thunderbirds. It was a. Oh I think my it was god! Because yeah, it was. In
1: Stingray was the weird guy who had a house that transformed, but in the middle of nowhere, and you're like, why did you change
0: it back? No one will find it. <laughs> the The villain in Thunderbirds was the Hood. Yes, all yeah. this. All Pesach has to do is have glowing yellow eyes, and we have got <laughs> the Hood from Thunder. Wow, we have got Thunderbirds into so the Star Trek. He's, he's coming here. up. He's there. He's there on the screen now. But um yeah, no. Becca confirms he... it. Becca's just said, I thought it was just me. Yes. <laughs> wow. Science <laughs> Officer Sino is coming out with a deep fucking cut is. I'm looking at him now. It's the hood. But um
1: but the whole point is that like it shows that in Star Trek you can't judge a book by its cover and how different races hmm. act in different ways. So that's something that like, you know, would be You know, very nuanced to that race won't get picked up by other ones. And here we see, like, that Vulcans, even if they're not expressing anger, even if they're not like outwardly sort of showing like discomfort, it doesn't mean that it's not happening Mm -hmm. and that there's other tells that they have that Umbenga in this case uh, is able to pick up on and be like, yeah, okay, it looks like they're sitting there having a nice chat kind of thing, not really giving any body language, but you can tell that it's incredibly uncomfortable for both of them. But and I just loved it. I, I I agree with Dustin. It was very. It was a very good little thing. And this is what Trek does best: little nuances of character development, little things where it goes, oh, this race does this, and you don't need a whole episode about it. You just need that throwaway little section, and then we know more about Vulcans. We know more about Ferengi.
0: We know more about Illyrians. Yeah. Because it just it doesn't shoehorn it. It doesn't make a song and dance about it. It it literally just puts you into that world and goes. Yes, there are different cultures. Oh yeah, th- they do this, they do this, they do this. No biggie, but they do this, they do this. And th- this is yeah. this is world building at its finest where it's like, yeah, the Vulcans, that was an outburst for the Vulcans. And he's just like, yeah. oh damn, like what do they do when they are pissed? But- <laughs> Well,
1: we, we saw at the end of
0: season one. Well, yeah, we do, yeah, when yeah. He's pissed. But uh, everyone. We, we see La'an uh, on the bridge going to Uhura and wanting access to all the personal logs ship wide mm. and all communications relating to Una uhura refuses because it is against regulations and understands that lan is trying to help una and she sympathizes but props to uhura she absolutely refuses we this whole episode is about protecting the people who would protect you
1: it's basically all about being in it for other people yeah and this is basically lan basically lan goes hey could you just open up these private files and get me in a lot of trouble by doing it and GDPR! like gdpr no. that's it he's like yeah he's just like oh my god you've had it more than two years oh do you do we still need this on file actually
0: um, it's six years <laughs> is it oh my god um that's you failing but gdpr yeah. <laughs> but no <laughs> two years is better
1: two years means we renew it quicker anyway um two-factor authentication cyanide <laughs> but um but the whole the whole thing is that basically Uhura isn't willing to do it. Yes. She could do it, but she's just like, no, I'm no. not gonna let you do this because your career will be over if you yeah. know when this gets found out. Even though and obviously we wonder why Lana's thinking that the person logs, but she's got a theory at this point that basically Starfleet actually nobody like told on them. Like nobody actually sort of uh, you know, um Uh, snitched on Una. it was actually that Starfleet are actually checking personal logs and that they're reading people's personal information and that's how they found out because if someone had mentioned in a personal transmission or mentioned in a personal log then it would have been found out and that's kind of creepy really that Starfleet this big lovely thing is actually checking everything you do you know
0: and it's it's also worrying that in the twenty third century, people still have those same concerns about their privacy. That yeah, an organization another parallel to
1: nowadays. Yeah, well, yeah. it's
0: it's. I mean, firsthand, I've experienced this firsthand, where an organization has gained access to to personal information that they shouldn't have, and it's not the fault of you or, or anything like that they have just they have got access to this information and it's it's it is a parallel to today and it's it's okay you know these companies with any will in the world will find a way mm. so i can sort you know it's a, it's a great little nod to yeah christopher Reeves just said alexa stop listening yeah it's, it's really creepy though, we did it, it like
1: I, I turned it all off on my phone and stuff, but we had it with like a mate where we were joking about like how it all works. And therefore we had the mo, uh, we, we got had his mobile phone and we were basically just saying loads of stuff about a particular products where we were like oh i love micro machines micro machines are the best thing in the entire world remember when we used to play with micro machines and stuff all the time and then obviously like an hour later he goes on facebook and all the adverts are for micro machines yeah. and we're like we weren't telling the phone to record we weren't saying it out loud we weren't searching for micro machines but the phone just sitting there idly just listens and just goes oh cool that's in someone's database now and it's yeah. how terrifying technology is when you know and obviously we just go like they have with alexa and like the, how they have with um all we have that they're not going to use this for malicious purposes is their word and you're like okay that's it. bit and starfleet's like don't worry we'll totally protect you but we've also used what we found out to arrest you so <laughs>
0: guys sorry if that, there was that's a... basically
1: the 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 string that she's going down basically
0: sorry if there was a an interruption there uh, oh. there was there was a, a slight hiccup. It was me, but with this awful face. I'm like mm-hmm. I'll try and I'll try and get it back. So I'm like I don't know what's going on. It froze me like that, so I'm like oh It's not us. It's not the internet. If anyone's still here. No, I'm blaming the internet. Oh, hectari. Yeah.
1: Have we come <laughs> back? Big tech, it is. Oh, no, it's big it tech, big tech. It is big tech. Oh. The whole... we're coming in here with the
0: facts, like oh. coming in, telling that's, them how it is. That's that's very weird. And I tell you how I know mm. it's not my internet because my phone <laughs> is off, and I still had the same issue. My phone is off. The no, internet. I think if everyone starts getting out,
1: concern that we have is another great parallel we've
0: just disconnected again and now we've reconnected what is going on (laughs) what is going on my dears
1: Mm. well uh, yeah Sorry. let's continue with the episode then
0: yes let's continue as ever guys if anything does happen let us know i apologize for the technical issues trust me it is not us we are i'm running perfectly fine and so sign it is yeah it seems it seems fine
1: it seems uh it's skipping it's keep doing it apologies What is the next scene in this? The 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 trial begins. um, The the, the trial begins. Now, I love this because in this trial, it has the computer voice. And you can tell that they're getting someone to do the computer voice that sounds a lot like Margelle. Yes. And it's this this thing of, obviously, they can't get her because she's dead. um, But the fact is that they've got the same kind of vibe with this voice where they've got this kind of cold but then still personable... Kind of woman's voice, and I, I, I appreciated what they tried to do here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just having a quick look, make sure everything's all right before I continue. But with us guys, uh, da, 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 da. everything seems to be fine. It's very strange. Uh, yeah, the the, the try. I mean, this this begins. What what is, uh, uh, the best, segment of this entire episode. First and Mm. foremost, we'll get it out the way. The Tellarite looks like an original series Tellarite. I do appreciate that. That's Mm. all the, the Trek nod I'm going to do, because this is, from here on in, this is extremely serious. This is relevant to today's issues, and the acting, the performance, the direction, the music, all the way through the remainder of this episode is perfect. It is extremely well done, it is thoughtful, it is relevant. So yes, we will make jokes, but we just want to get it out there that <laughs> me and Sinois absolutely adore everything about this. Mm. So Una pleads not guilty to the charges. The reasons so so Nera basically says the reasons that the Federation's banned genetic engineering are many, but mainly because of the eugenics wars on earth Nero then says slavery was once legal apartheid was once mm. legal discrimination against race color gender and sexuality a law does not make something just mm. i absolutely and, and the federation was built on a utopia but in building that utopia they blinded themselves to a centuries-old fear that has made them become persecutors And I thought, just to get a trial, like, to get a trial started like that, to to get into this episode like that, holy shit, like, it hits home. Like, in in the times that we're living at the moment, it it really does hit home for a lot of people. It it points out how important history
1: is, and this is what we've had over the last couple of years, where it's the idea of going, yeah, you can't rely on the law because, like we say, slavery was once perfectly fine. Like you know, uh, this idea of all these horrible things, none of them have happened illegally. Like, that's the scary thing. All of the big wars and stuff, like, well, actually, no, I suppose Hitler really shouldn't have invaded Poland. But, aside from that, you know... But But it was legal for him. Yeah, that's it. It's the idea of, you know, you could justify it legally. And her entire case is basically pointing out, like, how unjust this is. Like, how unjust this law is. And how laws change and how law you know societies get past certain things and laws should represent that
0: yeah because she says that una had to hide herself uh through fear of persecution and to prevent others from being uncomfortable and again it's another message about what's going on today with lgbtq rights Mm. with with transgender rights it's it's absolutely just can i just say
1: people having to hide themselves
0: yeah yeah and can i just say what what is happening to to trans people in the United States and in the UK it is disgusting it is sickening to to persecute someone for wanting to be themselves it's apparent absolutely apparent sorry to bring the 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 the, the vibe down I just needed to get that out there but Mm. April takes a stand and is interrogated by Patel or examined by Patel yeah April praises Una, Uh, he even sponsored their application to the Starfleet Academy, he has an investment in their career. He is then asked if he found out that Una was genetically modified and was an Illyrian, would you have sponsored her application to the Academy? April says no, absolutely Mm. not, it was the law, I uphold the law. Wait, he, he takes a while
1: to answer it, he takes a moment to answer it, but then basically he kind of throws her under the bus, where he kind of just says, yeah, if that was the situation, like, if I'd known about that, I wouldn't have, because he puts Starfleet higher than Una. <laughs> you know, like, he yeah. puts Starfleet, you know, the, the law, above her as a person.
0: Yeah, because he, he basically, what he basically says to everyone, guys, is no one is above the law. And, you know, the the, the law is whole. In walks Nera, who basically tears April a new one, um, <laughs> where it's, it's how good Nira is as a lawyer pointing
1: out all of these fallacies, like pointing out all of these nonsense like things. But we have April basically representing the sort of the every how we all April kind of represents how we all are when the problem doesn't affect us. Where yeah. it's this idea of when they're not the ones persecuted, it's easy enough to be like, oh, well, that's the law. I was just doing my job. And that's how we get problems where, you know, we get people who go, well, I'm not affected by this. So, you know, uh, I'll just step aside. And you're like, yeah, but you're in a position of power. You're in a position of power. So you need to have a stance on this. You can't just be like, oh, well, someone else told me it was bad. So I just kind of rolled with it.
0: Well, yeah, because
1: what we have right at the minute. At the minute but, you know? but she
0: pulls him up because they, they go into General Order 1, which, if you don't know, guys, is, is the Prime Directive. in Before in the, the Prime, they, they haven't the, called yeah. it
1: the Prime Directive yet, I don't in, think. In
0: the original series of, of Star Trek, uh, the Prime Directive was called General Order 1. We do see in this episode where they, they, they name it as the Prime Directive. That is mm. non-interference in a species that is pre-warp uh, because it will interrupt the natural evolution uh, and natural progression of that species as a whole. So Nera says, Well, you upheld Article two, You you say you would have upheld Article 12, which is the, um, the prevention of people who have been genetically modified. Getting into Starfleet, however, 2246, you warned a pre-warp civilization of a possibly apop- a possible apocalyptic meteor shower. You did the he did another thing in 2248 where you sent a science officer to Norrell to sort a, an extinction level threat, uh, which was a drought. And then on Manas two, you revealed yourself to a pre-warp situation. So she basically says, the law for you is subjective, and you bend it to your own will how you yeah. see fit.
1: And the idea of how nuts it is that he's going oh well we've got this law against genetically modified people and we're going to uphold that but i'm willing to bend the law in these other situations that i personally think it's allowed in and just that weird double standard that he that he has there and that's the same as nowadays like it's the fact of when you get people who are biased when you get people who are racist or you know stuff there's still stuff that they're like oh but yeah that's fine you know yeah. and it's that weird crazy stuff like yeah so many people where they're like oh well i don't like this on religious grounds but i'm perfectly fine with uh this you know oh well with theft or not paying my taxes or you know like uh you know like i don't know torrenting or something else that's illegal and being like hang on how are you fine with this breaking of the law but not this other one that also affects people and you know and that's how people justify it we it, it points out that the bias isn't that they're they're hiding behind the law, not, you know, they're, they're hiding behind the law to hide their actual bias, where yeah. they just don't want this thing because they're scared of like genetically modified people. And that's why they're upholding this law rather than because it's actually dangerous or because it's actually what the law is you know yeah i went on a ramble there sorry (laughs) well no no
0: absolutely fine because the the judges put a stop to the uh, let's be honest an interrogation into april about his interpretation of the law how he sees fit per every situation Hmm. Nira then comes back and says well una's changes were done before she was even born uh, without her consent and she has been arrested because of a violation of the law the regulations are flimsy and, and 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 suggestive at best you know april wouldn't have sponsored una's entrance but accusing him of, but also accuses uh, never accuses him of discrimination and prejudice hmm. and this it, results it's, very, it's just
1: a very good point like what what she does here
0: yeah but this results in all of april's testimony being stricken from the record
1: this is how bad it is where basically you can tell that the court is biased in a particular way because they do this where they basically go oh because she pointed all of this out and pointed out you know the flaws in the system and it's the fact of the system protects its own as we see like so and it's the fact of oh they're like oh bollocks now we have it on testimony that april has confessed to yes i bent the rules yes i broke the prime directive and stuff and they have that on tape they're like oh well let's just remove that from the record so they're demonstrating her point like by getting rid of her point and it's yeah. just like okay right you know, so you're willing to just hide all of that evidence and go oh well it's kind of fine that he broke the prime directive we just won't mention it <laughs> you know it's the it, it, that's part of how good this episode is.
0: But but this is the thing because April is is naturally pissed, and in a brief scene we see between Pike and April, they you know April goes well. This this lawyer was your idea, and he's like she's the best best civil defense lawyer in the galaxy, and he's yeah. like well I, I could have basically told the 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 judges all the all the positives of Una being in Starfleet, and I didn't get the chance, and then Una. Herself is absolutely pissed at Nera for, for attacking April and the Federation. And then it becomes apparent to Una that Nera is using this case as a platform um, for dismantling the law and to bring justice to the Illyrians. But, you know, mm. she's using it as a soapbox to broadcast her hatred of the Federation. And, you know, Nera raises a point. It's not just about you. It's yeah. about all Illyrians who have who have been unjustly persecuted by the Federation because of stuff that happened before they were born. Mm. And it's like, you know, you, you can sort of you can appreciate both sides of this, but I mean in in their haste, Nero just walks out because mm. Una just believes that Neva just hates the Starfle- hates Starfleet, hates the Federation. Mm. And doesn't realise that Nera is using this as a platform to raise a bigger issue, a wider issue that it's not just. But, it, Go on. but it's also demonstrating Nera's bias. It's also yeah. pointing out that Nera
1: hates the Federation, and it is, and that's born of her own persecution by the Federation, and you know, like how she sees them. But it's the fact of she does hate them like she wants to take them down she wants to use this case to point out and you know effectively get egg on the the federation's face and it's that idea of going when we're talking about uh bias and like hate and bigotry in this nobody is free of it like it's the fact that nira has this but then over the course of the episode everyone kind of comes to terms with their own bias and that's part of what's wonderful with it, but we'll get to that.
0: <laughs> yeah we'll we'll get to that because the, the next stage of the court scene is, is Nira brings three character witnesses to the stands, mm-hmm. Laan, Spock and Benga Spock references and, and I don't know if you know this Sinoids references the day he met uh, Una which was actually a short track. It was
1: no, I've I yeah, seen this one.
0: It was done after season two discovery, but it's basically Spock's first days and ensign on the Enterprise, yeah. uh, where he meets Una and they both get stuck in a turbo lift, <laughs> um, and this is how the the love of Gilbert and Sullivan is is referenced. So yeah. I thought that was a nice nod uh to a to a long forgotten short trek. Um, they all defend Una though, and they all praise her uh hmm. basically you know they're asked if do you think uno is hiding something nope 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 and Spock goes yes her love of gilbert and sullivan and <laughs> you get a lovely little vulcan eyebrow raise, and like ding and i'm like oh wow <laughs> so every time he raises an eyebrow we're just going to get a triangle ting now i will really
1: say is? though i don't think this joke worked as well as it could do but yep. it was brave of them to put a joke in the middle of this episode you know it, like if, if anything,
0: if... the last two episodes, there has been an issue with misplaced humor. Mm. So, the last episode, but... it was like, What's your thing? Oh, I want to ship the to go now. Yeah, we're on the clock here, Pat.
1: The, the problem is, though, the last episode was a farce. The whole episode was like an intentional comedy farce. Yeah. Uh, but, like, but with this one, it's like they, you can tell that they're trying to put humor into it, but they're going, This is a pretty serious episode. But, mm. uh, it is, it's just so good though but all their testimonies and everyone defending like una even Lan like even Lan basically just going you know showing that maybe she's over her personal sort of hatred of illyria of you know genetically modified people
0: yeah because but they uh, all they, they all basically say because near says you know how, you know how do you mean una and basically una rescued Laan. You know, La- La'an was yeah. was was saved from this, this gone breeding. Una sponsored her application into Starfleet. Long and short of it, with, you know, La- La'an wouldn't be right.
1: It points out that La'an is, uh, you know, she's she's on the list for a commendation. She's on the list of basically just being rewarded for how good she is as an officer. And obviously this, and uh, Nira points out like, hey, so... um. All of those people that you saved from your time in Starfleet, all of those great things that you've done, and all of these things that Starfleet's going to commend you for, wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Una, like, if they hadn't have saved you, and, you know, Lana admits, like, I would not be in Starfleet if it hadn't have been for her, and it's pointing out that idea of going, how many good deeds does someone have to do until they're sort of past, you know, what they're born with, you know, (laughs) like...
0: It's an impossible. And and Spock points
1: out this thing where Spock Spock points out that he doesn't like uh, Starfleet. Like, uh, what is it? What's the phrasing he uses? Where basically he just goes, you know, he doesn't want to see Starfleet like hurt itself. And they're like, "How do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, by losing one of its best officers."
0: It would be destructive to Starfleet. Uh, The loss of
1: Una would be destructive to Starfleet, I believe. Yeah, and it's true. It's the idea of going, so, to prove this stupid point that you have against augments, you're actually going to shoot yourselves in the foot and lose one of your best officers. Yeah. And it's not that they would be willing to do that, you know, just to adhere to this draconian law.
0: Well, that's the thing, because they all basically say is a friend, is family. And you you get that sense. Out of all the ensemble casts of the recent ones, Bar Picard, obviously, this this ensemble feels like a family like they are very well gelled together which after one season is pretty bloody good going to get that sort of dynamic
1: well it's just incredible like we talked about last week with the other episode where it just goes hey you can just have an episode without pike and it works perfectly fine like yeah that that's how trek works because those characters are strong
0: enough without him yeah,
1: yeah. And then in this one, where it's like some characters we don't get to see too much of, like Ahura doesn't really do much in this episode. Pike but still doesn't there. really. They still, yeah, that's it. Like Pike has like an original scene, you know, the opening scene. And then after that, it's all about Una, it's all about Lan, it's all about Nira. You know, and the fact of that we get these new characters and we love them or hate them in the case of the Vulcan,
0: yeah. you
1: know, very quickly, it's... It's just fantastic acting.
0: Because we go back to the Enterprise, and Laan brings Nera the the uniform code of justice, and then Nera asks her, "Well, ha- have Which you?" Which is a book, by the way, because I thought it was actually book. a uniform, yeah. but
1: it's basically just a big law book. Big big FAQ, but <laughs> she it's asked... not actually. It's one of those find your own adventure books. I thought it's it was just a fact facts it and It's just like you will find yourself in the Hollow Suite. What will you do? <laughs> Turn to page four hundred and sixty-five if you load one of Riker's <laughs> kinky programs.
0: But but this is Nira asks if La'an has made any progress in finding out who it was. We finally get the the admission from La'an that she believes it was her own recorded personal log mm. that has dropped Una in it. And Which is so, why she was looking into them. Yeah, because she, because thought... she believes it's been leaked. Yeah. Or they like, or Starfleet
1: were. Listening to people's personal logs and found out the information that way.
0: Yeah, we we do get a reference to Noonien Singh again, um, where Laan believes that she can become that she can become dangerous because of her family's past. Neera mm-hmm. does have a very good way of words where it's nothing wrong with her. There is no hidden monsters inside. This is how others make us feel. They look down yeah. at us for so long. We look down on ourselves they the doubt is drilled into us i've i mean in my younger years yes i was i was bullied heavily and mm. you do get that drilled into you like you you get made to feel like you're not good enough and well, it's yeah, the
1: idea yeah. society tells you you oh if you are not this then you know like oh if you are not this then you are wrong there is something wrong with you because this is the norm or even even if it's not something that you can see it just makes you go hey if you don't feel this way then you are wrong and therefore we have all these people who are like oh but i don't get this or i don't understand this bit of culture or, i don't understand this and therefore they just feel isolated because and and the 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 reality is that society isn't a fixed thing it's not a case where everyone is this everyone is that this is why we've got gender uh, you know all of the gender stuff at the minute because we're going oh, wait, yeah, we don't fit in fucking boxes, you know, with the idea of just going, and why should I be made to feel that I should live my life or feel a certain way or look a certain way just because that's what makes society easier to deal with? Uh, I mean, this has has an amazing line where basically, where she points out, you were born with the capacity for actions, good or ill. And that's it. No one is born evil. No one is born bad. Everyone has the capacity to make their own mind up. It's not like we're going, oh, everyone who's like sort of a different race. Oh, well, they're evil by default. You're like, I mean, the Bible might say that, but let me get started on the Bible. <laughs> but, you know, but it, it's, it's that idea of, um, yeah, the world just doesn't work like that. And you should judge everyone on their own merits and their own failings rather than like grouping everyone together.
0: Well, we do get to the pinnacle of this episode where Una is put onto the stand and Nira and is examining Una. We find out that Una has been in Starfleet for 25 years. It was her life goal. All she ever wanted to do was to join Starfleet and we get a reference to the title of the episode, Ad Astra per Aspera, To the Stars Through Hardship. Which I again, thought it was like I'd like an aspirin. I've, I genuinely feel I've got a banging head, so yes, I'd ask for <laughs> aspirin, please. At the moment, hold on, do you mean banging? I've got a banging head. I've got a banging head, head yes. Oh, it's like, good. Look at my frosted tips. Yeah, the frosted tips have got into my skull and they are killing me. <laughs> so, um, I think it's just a plant that's taken root. <laughs> it probably is. This is cordyceps. This is all it is. The <laughs> but, but again, this is continuing with the very minor Enterprise references this is another reference to Star Trek Enterprise because in the in that series the flag does say Ad Aspera per Aspera to the Stars mm. Through Hardship they have patches on it in the last ever episode Una says it was the motto of Starfleet before they joined the Federation everyone can find salvation in the Federation and Starfleet and Una starts to discuss a childhood on the colony in the Volterra mm. Nebula um, where Altarians were, Illyrians, sorry, were provided provisional membership into the Federation on the proviso that they do not conduct uh, genetic manipulation, genetic modification of any t- of any kind. But as she So the, sorry, the um,
1: point here is that they go into this and, they, and the, the court tries to stop her going into this because they say it's irrelevant, mm. whereas Nero points out that actually Una's childhood and their cultural upbringing is very, very relevant to the case which is how they go into this, but it kind of points out the fact of this race, genetic modification, because they don't see anything wrong with it, is a cultural aspect. You know, it is basically a part of their culture. And it's almost like us saying, oh, well, refugees who come over here, they just have to stop doing everything they do. They need to eat differently. They need to get used to our stuff. They need to speak our language. They need to stop worshiping whatever they worship and stuff. And you just kind of go, that's a big fucking ask. <laughs> you know, it's a big fucking ask for someone.
0: Well, yeah, because you know. she said they can't, they, you know, they for some families, it was their tradition and their heritage. And, you know, mm. she they, they didn't never discuss their customs. They would performed rituals in secret. They hid the modifications where they could. They used friendly doctors to deliver babies. Uh, as if anyone found out, they they would be arrested in this federation colony. And Nira but says, even well,
1: even if not arrested, like even if not arrested, it's the fact of society would turn on them. Yeah, you know, it's the idea of basically they're hiding because even if even if it wasn't illegal, the bias would still be there, where basically people would sort of treat them differently if they found out. So They're living in hiding as a as a culture.
0: Well, yeah, but Nira asks, has was anyone arrested? and she goes mm. on about her best friend uh, her best friend's cousin who was arrested because he got an injury and some Illyrians glow when, when they heal and mm. that's when the persecution and the discrimination began to become rampant there was attacks on people and she said there was a fight at school and her leg got broken but she couldn't go to a doctor the leg got infected yeah. and by some miracle they they found a sympathetic doctor at midnight um to, to fix the leg. Otherwise, she would have died. Yeah,
1: which is how nuts it is, where it's the idea of like, the you know, like a simple thing that would have been really easy for a doctor to fix. The family were like, oh no, no, if we go to a doctor, they're going to see that you're an, El- an Illyrian. So let's not. And then obviously they just kind of tried to fix it themselves. They left it. It got infected and it could have killed her. Yeah. And it's that crazy thing of just going wow, we're really going to cut people off from like you know resources purely because you know we don't want them <laughs> you
0: know but she, she goes on about how the the discrimination within this colony got to a point where stars would refuse to serve them there was more attacks there was there was graffiti you know, you know the, the word argument was was placed mm. on their doors and it got to a point but, where the local government uh split the city in two between illyrians and non Illyrians. And it's, it's crazy because we think that all of this is gone from society.
1: We kind of think, oh, yeah, that's what happened to the Jews. That's Kristallnacht in, like, sort of, you know, the 1930s and stuff. And it's the idea of this stuff still fucking happens. Like, for instance, like um, the girl podcast I do, uh, two of our ex-presenters uh, that we had on it, uh, they live together in a house in Jarrow, which is a nice area in Jarrow, but basically because they're unashamedly gay, because they basically have their cultures, so they'll have a little flag flag in the window, or mm. they do silly things, like basically they had like a, what was it? I think, um, yeah, I think they, they had like sort of stupid stuff in the window, not offensive stuff, but just sort of stupid stuff, and obviously when they're outside, you know, they're sort of like, you know, romantic with each other or whatnot, and people saw... And the next day they woke up and they had fag spray painted over their back door. And this is last year. So it's this idea of this still happens, you know? So when we talk about, oh, it's Americans being weird or, oh, it's like sort of Russia being weird or whatnot, this still happens. Like, you know, and it's the fact of just because we don't see it directly or just because it's not in the news as much as it used to be. Yes, it's gone down a bit, but we've got to think about the next plight of, like we were saying earlier, plight of trans people and being like what are they going through how do we find out we speak to them like right. and it's keeping that dialogue open but a lot of the times we don't want to keep that dialogue open because we go oh we're going to hear loads of horrible stuff that we really don't want to deal with as a society how about we just don't mention it
0: <laughs> it's, and, it's yeah it's 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 sad that in this day and age that we as a culture have not progressed past this yet. And it feels mm-hmm. like a regression in, in some ways. And I think this is why this sort of Star Trek is needed now more than ever because we, our generation had it. The generation in the 60s and 70s had it. it it's needed again. It, you know, yeah. Star Trek is the, the torchbearer for the way humanity should behave and And it does you know it it paints a utopia in some senses but it then says well hey they still have these issues in the future but it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to display as a perfect utopia without having issues where they can discuss today's issues in in a scientific sci-fi context this is
1: this is what trek does well though like i said at the beginning if you just go hey we're going to do a story and it's about a trans person then all of the bigots are going to watch it being like oh i don't like this it's about trans people oh oh i don't like trans people because i'm a fucking idiot uh but it's the idea of like (laughs) sorry i I quite like that voice. hello i'm a bigot um but the idea of like if you wrap it up in metaphor if you wrap it up in euphemism and you present a situation that they go oh i can understand it on this level even though it's the same thing then you open doors and that's what track does best like like we say um far beyond the stars with ds9 where that tackles like because we we tend to hide our history we tend to be like oh we have kind of racism that was kind of horrible uh let's just never mention that and then start trying to hide bits of history and then far beyond the stars basically goes no no this is what it was like this is this is how awful it was being like a black person and that you weren't taken seriously by society in the same capacity of now and then we're getting a new parable here which is like going hey you're an illyrian you didn't choose to be illyrian you didn't get any choice about it but because you had a dream that conflicted with what the establishment like wants then yeah sorry fuck you uh, the law is against you and you're like hmm maybe laws need to change
0: <laughs> yeah well i mean sorry, i'm going off on so many No. Rants. no sorry uh, people in the chat sorry if i'm going off on one too much but, oh uh, do not apologize because get, getting back to the the split in this city It was split between non illyrians and Illyrians, and Una's family stayed with the non illyrians And this is how we find out why there is beef between Nera and Una, because they were friends when they were younger, and they, Nera stayed with the Illyrians, Una left. And then Nera goes, well, after all this strife, all this persecution, all this hatred that you came up against, you still wanted to be a Starfleet officer. And she said, well, I believe that Starfleet has the capacity to be a perfect organization. Mm. And, you know, to, to, to have that hope is, is to, to, to have that hope that someone, you know, that, that this organization can be not perfect, but can be perfect in the future.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. And, and then we get to the crux of it where we finally find out who told Starfleet that she was an Illyrian and it was actually Una herself because she turned herself in why did she risk her career she was sick of living a lie she wanted her crew to know who she really was so she could finally be safe in starfleet and starfleet could understand her race better after all this she wanted to be accepted for who she is really i mean it's it's so beautiful
1: like and it and you know it it makes me tear up a little bit but it's the idea of when like, the, it's that it's that kind of crazy thing. Like, it was like with my coming out story, where it was the fact that when I came out to both my parents separately, the first thing that they said, both of them, was don't tell your father or don't tell your mother. Like, so I told my dad and they were like, oh, okay, we'll, 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 we'll deal with this. Like, you know, obviously a bit sort of shaken, but being like, don't, don't tell your mother because we don't know what that is. And there was immediately this response to contain it, to kind of go, hey, let's contain this and we'll deal with it and then the fact of because Una gets kind of outed in season one as an Illyrian where she saves everyone then the crew immediately goes cool okay let's just never discuss this don't tell everyone we'll have a vow of silence we won't tell Starfleet about it it'll just be our little secret and then obviously Una's just dwelling on that just being like what so I'm the the cage just got a bit bigger you know like that's the only difference yeah you know, and then, and it's wonderful that she kind of go, like, well, we've all been thinking, oh, maybe it's Uhura, maybe it's Lan, maybe it's, like, someone else on the crew. It's actually Uno being like, no, actually, fuck it, if I can't, and this is what we're getting with a lot of trans people nowadays, where it's the idea of going, fuck it, I will take the risk. I will go out there because if I can't live my authentic self, then what's the fucking point of anything?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, that's what we do when anyone takes to the street as their actual true self. Or what they believe their true self to be, because it doesn't fucking matter about genetics. It doesn't fucking matter if you can scientifically prove that someone does this. You just go, hey, what would make you happy? Oh, why shouldn't you do that? Yeah. You know, it's, no, it's that's it's, the it's argument, true. effectively. It's, you know? it's
0: it's true. You do what makes you happy, you do what fulfills you. Don't care what anyone else thinks. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's
1: it. And you and Yuna basically uh Yuna, not Yuna, because I hate her because she's from Final Fantasy X. Uh <laughs> Una. <laughs> how did that get a sequel? Answers in the comments. How, how is Ten the one with a sequel? Um anyway. Uh but yeah, like Una basically is just like, I'm sick of hiding. And it's a wonderful stance. And obviously Nira, Nira the lawyer, is wonderfully, wonderfully played in this and is kind of shocked. Like she's keeping her cool, but she is like Oh,
0: wasn't expecting that. But, you know... Well, yeah, because Una 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 finally said... But she is like, oh, fuck. The the final thing that Una says is that... The other reason was a crew visited her planet from Starfleet. And they were... When she was young. And they were all... They were diverse. They were from different races, different genders, different species. They were Hmm. all working together, side by side. And... If they could do it, maybe she could too. And be part of something bigger than herself... And this is at the point where again she says Adaspera per aspera adastra per aspera and then Nera has no further questions, but then mm. Pesak the Patak <laughs> Pipes the fuck up after saying nothing all episode and then just drops the just drops the the, the bomb. Mm. Wants to know how long Pike knew Una was an Illyrian before Starfleet found out. Uno admits that it was Star, you know, Stardate, whatever.
1: This is the thing, though. It's the idea of before that happens, we have this tension because what they're trying to do, and it's the whole thing of like we get with legality where people view things in such a cold way. They view reality in such a cold, detached way because it makes it easier to deal with. But as soon as you actually start getting emotional about stuff, as soon as you start going oh but this is how I feel people are like oh but we can't no no we can't deal with that and so basically he brings it back on track to basically go yeah yeah but you still broke the law as it's written and puts her in a position where he's like hey you can either back down or incriminate all of your crew and your captain and basically bring everyone down with you uh and puts her in this horrible position, and then she eventually, after a long pause, says the start date that everyone on the Enterprise found out, which basically says, "Hey, yeah, they knew about it for four months before they told it before Starfleet found out." That basically incriminates all of them that they knew that this was happening.
0: Yeah, because in the next scene, Saxon says that Una is toxic to Starfleet. And wants her to be found guilty of all charges, which, because... which, to be
1: fair, is a rich statement from someone with those fucking eyebrows. Well, he is—he is, he, <laughs> he is uh, the hood from Thunderbirds. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's so thick. I should have put—I should have put like eyeshadow. Oh in god, my yeah, eyebrows and thicken them. up. I'll do that next week. I'll try and do your bulk. But he's, after, after
0: after all this, after this plea, he drops that bomb and he's like, "Yeah, you broke the law as the law is written. So did Pike. So did your crew." So because you have not backed down, I am taking you down. I am taking Pike down. I am taking the entire crew down with you. Because at the end of the day, you all broke the law. Nero, Nera then pops up and goes, brings the book, the Starfleet, you know, the uniform code. And asks Patel to read out uh, code 8514 of the Starfleet code. What, what is it? it? Down, I've you? written it down, of course you I
1: I can see that glint in your eye, which yes. is like, I've got notes for this. <clears throat> Code
0: 8514. In extraordinary and extreme circumstances, if the following conditions are met. One, any person fleeing persecution or fearing for their life due to political or religious beliefs, Could cultural engagements or biological truths may... Two... Seek safety within Starfleet and 3 upon revealing themselves to the authorities may be granted Asylum. Starfleet captains must exercise discretion and, uh, and judgement when offering Asylum. Status is confirmed then by a tribunal or designated authority. In which Nera, much like Persak previously, drops a bomb and basically says, hey! She fulfilled the first point. She fulfilled the second point. All that needs to happen now is for you guys to confirm that she needs asylum. Because they say she escaped persecution. Mm -hmm. She sought safety within Starfleet. And then she revealed herself to a Starfleet captain whose judgment was to grant her asylum. And that status needs to be confirmed by a tribunal, which is what she is in front of. Yeah. And I thought this was bloody good going for to... It It's
1: absolutely fantastic because it points out how, how, how we fight these battles in the real world. Where it's the idea of if people use the law against you, you use the law against them. Yeah. and that's exactly what this is he's going hey we don't need it. we need to stay cold and detached from everything because here's the law and she's like okay well if we're playing that game here's how the law you know does that yeah and basically shuts him up because it's you know you're just going hang on cool we can't say that the, it's like you know it's like when people argue with stuff with the bible where they go like oh homosexuality is wrong and it's like yes but isn't like you know, wearing two fabrics, or, you know, like, yeah. oh, well, they, this is also said in the statement, and they're like, oh, no, that, that doesn't matter as much. And you're like going, sounds like you don't have a case. Uh, and that's exactly what very happens Very selective
0: here. reading for, for some people and very well, selective exactly ideologies. Yeah. And it hits back to what I was saying
1: earlier about they're using the law as a shield for bias. Yes. They're not using it because of protection, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah. but, it's, but it's how good this is that she uses this against him. And I, I I do get this actually was my least favorite bit of the episode, not because of what was happening, but no, not because like the message, but because as it's got a recap where she has a recap of the testimony, yes. it's cutting to Una's statements earlier. So basically, as they're saying each point of that law, it cuts back to Una saying something va- valid about how she's at. And I don't know if this is just like Americans with really slow memories, you know, like or, you know, not, not slow memories, but uh, short memories, or if it's like you know, where they put advert breaks throughout everything, and they're like, oh, they might have seen 50 adverts since the five seconds ago that we actually had that bit happen. But it kind of spoiled it a bit. I think they should have just had a clear I think yeah, thing. I, I And think... also, as she's doing the recap later, you can see the Vulcan smiling. Because the Basically, yeah, it's when it cut, when it cuts back to him. He's got this bit of a sort of like a, a bit of a Oh,
0: he's got thing a bit of him? a Vulcan
1: smirk. And, oh, and you're wondering if it's the actor didn't realize, you know, or something, but yeah. if that and and obviously it's the idea of going, yes, he realizes that he's been got. He realizes that he's lost this battle and the law is being used against him. But he's also a Vulcan, you know? Yeah. And it's that weird thing where it feels a bit weird for me. Well, the last uh,
0: the last great quote... Well, that being my only criticism of the whole bloody episode is pretty impressive. Well, I mean, the, the last great quote from this uh, episode is, the law is not a mirror to society. A law is an ideal, a beacon to remind us of how to be our better selves. Mm. And I mean, holy crap, I mean, in, in an episode that is so... Um, buried in today's issues and, 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 is, and is putting a mirror up to today's issues. Yeah, and, and, and a law is not a mirror to society. No law should be a mirror to society. You know, mm. a, a law is there to, to, to like they said, to, to guide us, to, to be our better selves, to, to not say, oh, you can't do this because it says that. You can't do that yeah. because it's this. It's...
1: I, I have I have this problem because we get people where they rely on rules mm. and they never question them, but to the point where it causes problems. Yes. So, for instance, in, in my actual uh, day job, I, I lost an employee effectively because we were being really harsh on, well, I wasn't, but people were being really harsh on them about specific rules. And I was like, why can't we bend this? And it's like, oh, well, then we'd have to bend it for everyone. And you're like, no, that's not yeah. how it works. You know yeah. if they come forward with a valid case and say hey actually can i get this same exception as well then we could be like well no you don't need it but this person does but because it was like oh well it makes our life easier if we just blanket ban and we just stop this happening and then it meant that a, a, a good employee basically went oh i'll go to a place where they do allow that yeah and yeah and we're the ones that missed out the same way that society misses out, if we go, hey, cool, this person can't have this particular job because of the colour of their skin. Oh, this person can't serve in the Navy or the uh, or the military at all because they're homosexual. This person can't... And you're just going, okay, uh, maybe laws shouldn't be done like that way. They should be per circumstance. And obviously, that's good for lawyers, I guess. But they lawyers,
0: also reference like, oh, that. more cases. But they also reference that at the end of the episode because Una is found not guilty all charges are dropped but they even say I know yeah but but the Jag even say maybe we should look on a case-by-case basis instead of just a blanket no absolutely not because of this because of this take into consideration
1: yeah all you can ask of society is that it considers you for you know like it considers your case rather than just being like nah
0: yeah Chris has raised a good point there. Blood donation and marrow uh, donation is is a yeah. is a very good example of that. Yeah. 100%. Oh, you can't do this because well, of this. You can't do that because of that. It, it's absolutely nuts like. It's genuinely this idea of like I couldn't
1: give blood until about 3 years ago, I yeah. think it was. I think it was I think it was just before Covid where the ban got lifted, I think. Yeah. But it's the idea of just going, "Oh yeah, because you have like, you know, anal we gay intercourse, that means that as a gay man you will definitely have hiv and therefore you can't give blood and you're like and and you're like okay that'll be that'll be fine if it was like oh yeah we need to stop people with hiv donating blood but then the blood gets tested so yeah. all blood that gets donated from anyone ever gets, gets tested for hiv yeah. and therefore you just go well why don't i why aren't i able to donate and then if you test it, and I've got HIV, then you put it in the bin, like you know. And it was just such a silly law. But then they just went, oh well, we never questioned it. We just kind of kept it around. And then you're like, but well, you could have all of this resource from all these people who are willing to donate, but you're telling them that they can't partic- participate. It's
0: it's crazy. It it is crazy. All that delicious sinus blood. I mean, um, all that all that all <laughs> that donation, blood. all that donation that you made. All of my blood is just jam. It's, well, yes. Ooh, Delicious jam. What flavour?
1: Mm. Blood.
0: Oh, okay. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> okay, so Una Una is found not guilty. She beams back to the Enterprise. The Nira leaves and she's like, you know, I don't like Starfleet, but this is a start. And we see that she's got a lot of work ahead of her. And, and
1: this is the point. It's the point of this is what we have with society now where we can't, and it, it's from both sides. We have it where we have a lot of people getting very impatient on one side of like a particular argument who are like why can't we have change now? Why can't things be fixed right now? And you're like, because it takes time. Yeah. Because you can't just go as soon as you just do a blanket thing where you just go, oh, this is outlawed. People kick off. Like, and it's you know, and people get unruly and unjust, it has to be a slow thing. And it's the idea of you make steps in the right direction and build upon them. So for instance, we have a case like this, where they've gone, hey, we've proved that not, Allerian, not all Illyrians are bad, because we pardoned this one, then it means that other cases can come forward, use this and go, hey, hang on, I've got a good record as well, I should be fine. And then over time, all Illyrians and all you know they'll take away the genetic modification laws rather than expecting suddenly every you have every right that you've ever fought for in a week you know which is would be lovely but yeah. sadly it's never ever the way it's it ever always
0: it will always always take time but we have got Una back in command mm. Pike gives her a good hug that is it for the episode I for me, this is up there with probably one of the best episodes of Star Trek uh, mm. we have had, which is quite. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, and be- ironically,
1: the, the most difficult to pronounce. So it's while we're going, oh, yeah, Measure of a Man, oh, in the pale moonlight, and then.
0: Ad astra per Ad aspera. aspera. Something blah, blah, blah. Ad astra <laughs> per aspera. To the stars through hardship, just say that. The But it, it is. It is Up there is is one of the best episodes of Star Trek. And for me, this is... Star Trek is not always pew-pew, space exploration, aliens, blah. It is dealing with the fundamental issues that are mirrored um, from today's society. Mm. This is what they did in the 60s. This is what they did in the 80s and the 90s. This, for me, is what Star Trek should be. And it's up there with Far Beyond the Stars... You know, A Measure of a Man, it's, it, it blows me away that we have got modern Trek that deals with these issues. I, I never imagined that we would have an episode of Trek like this again. I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. And I'm really happy that we do because this sends the right message to a younger generation that, yeah, it's, it's not all right that this is against the law. It's not all right that someone is... Made to feel that they have to hide who they are because ooh, strangers will be uncomfortable. It's mm. it's bar it's not barbaric it's it's archaic, it's it's wrong. I, no, fuck the, it, the, it's barbaric. I, the The problem is
1: with bias, though. With bias there's a level of empathy with it where you can understand why people are like this. And I think uh, rather than us referring to people as barbaric or referring to people as bigots or sort of like racist and stuff, there's got to be a level of like, why do you have this standpoint? And the same with all bullies, it's fear. Mm -hmm. It's because they are not, you know, they are not capable of dealing with like reality or you know the the idea it's always from a place of self-preservation ironically so the fact is they're making it more difficult for someone else to exist in order to feel safer in their existence and that's just incredibly weird human nature and you know you have to have a level of empathy i think for bigots because otherwise they'll always stay an enemy rather than changing <laughs> you know it's it's a it's a difficult thing it's it's, like, it's about i i tend to be more sort of like why do you feel like this you weirdo the, the rather guys, than a kind of fuck off you know the, kill the, yourself or whatever you know people say to bigots
0: the, the guys at spectrum sanctorum have raised uh, i mean they're trying to get a trend going of no toxic hashtag no toxic trek
1: hmm.
0: um and yeah it's it's about the, the very ideals, the values, the principles of Star Trek. Yes, you, you have got these people who are intolerant against people of colour, intolerant against people with different sexualities, genders. It's about educating them through Star Trek that you have nothing to fear. They, they do not affect you or your life in any way why should you be afraid of of someone and again it's it's more for, for people like me who have grown up with with star trek who, who lives those ideals it's like i i don't understand their prejudices, prejudices i don't understand why but it's like okay maybe look at it in 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 our viewpoint maybe maybe sit think- back and go what is it exactly you are you afraid of that you do not like and and try and explain it and and just try and basically say this this is this is no detriment
1: to you it's a self it's a self-fulfilling prophecy i think where it's the idea of most of the time because i've been through it a lot where you basically talk to a lot of people who are you know hateful And then you break it down and you kind of go, well, why do you feel like that? Why do you feel like that? And then you get to it and eventually it just goes, look, I don't understand it and I'm frightened of it. And it's that fear of the unknown. And that's at the core of everything. And you can dress it up however you want. You can dress it up as like, oh, well, you know, this instance where they were bad or oh, you know, like, you know, terrorists or something like that. And you're going, yeah, yeah, but you don't really believe that. Like no one actually like genuinely goes oh yeah all these people must be terrorists because as soon as you put that on the stand and go like as an economy how would that function you know how would their country work if they were all you know it's like you know it's It's, weird it's like labeling thing it's it's you you have to question it and the best you can do is start the discussion and that's exactly what this episode does yeah And it's exactly what Trek is great at, because, look, we've talked for nearly two two hours about this, dissecting this episode and all of the little nuances, all of the little sort of, oh, this political reference, that's how it applies to the real world. This is Trek. This is what Trek does, where it makes us go, oh, hang on. How can we use that? Like, you know, we talk about using law case things in law and stuff where we go, oh, this instance proves that this we can reference trek to make social political points and yes. there's something wonderful about that you know it's like it's almost like um what's it called what's the episode where it has um Majic and delard is it uh at, and Jalad
0: or... at tanagra yeah i can't i, I should yeah, know the, that the picard uh, yeah, I, yeah i know what you're Where's it's a but... when the walls fell
1: yeah, a culture yeah. that uh, their entire language is based upon analogy. It's based upon referencing, like, previous events. We can do that with Trek because of episodes like this. Yeah. It's great. Guys, that was our... <laughs> I went off on one. No. <laughs> also, People... I just want to point out that in the final the final scene of this, where we basically have Nira the lawyer, who is... I don't know how you pronounce his name, but it's, uh, she was played by Yitide Badaki. I Think that's how you pronounce it, but I'm probably wrong. Wow, wow! Oh, like God, yes. the, every when she gets on the transporter, everyone applauds her for the job that she's done. And I felt like applauding the actual actress because this is a tour de force for a one off episode. She kills every single scene she's in, she is absolutely amazing, and like you get the you get the like underlying emotion and you keep forgetting that she's not this character yeah. so like when she's when she's questioning una you can see that she's started she's trying not to cry she's trying to sort of hold back her emotions and like you know that what una's saying is affecting her but that she's got to keep a brave face on because she's like you know uh in court and then you realize that's all bull. That's all bollocks. She's an actor. <laughs> she's an actor, and she's putting on this. But then she makes it,
0: you know. And I was literally like, "Okay, this is wow, wow." It, she it, is good. It added to the believability um, of of what she felt of, of what her. Let's be honest, her own prejudices against the Federation and Starfleet were. Yeah, um, and and, and then
1: this final thing—that's what she—that's what she addresses really. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because let's be honest, guys, in this episode, yes, Starfleet and the Federation have their own prejudices. Nera does too.
1: Mm.
0: And she does not beat around the bush about it. So it's it's like, you know, there is a good side and there is a bad side, but they both still have those prejudices. And it's about recognising those prejudices and highlighting them and bringing them to fall bear to, to address them. Because in, even in the end, you know, there are still good people in Starfleet. Or, for, yes. for want of a better phrase, but that that actor. Holy shit! Like, but, but this is strange new worlds. This is being Picard season three, the actors that they have brought in, they are just blowing it out of the water when it comes to a convincing, emotive performance about certain so su- about these subjects, about these issues. I, I just. I'm blown away by this episode I really am blown away because I never ever thought we would have this type of episode again because a lot of people went oh well modern Trek it's all new Trek it's all pew pew lasers lasers and it's like fuck no (laughs) we're going to sit you down and we're going to make you watch Jag in Space and you are going to fucking listen Jag in Space You, you are going to fucking listen and this is what we need this is what trekkies and yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm done i'm absolutely I, uh, done i'm spent i
1: i absolutely loved it and it's the it's the idea of like and it, it's also the idea we can talk all the time about how the bigoted people or the people who have problems or the people who are like uh, racist need to change but it's also the fact of we have like minorities that grow up fearing particular people and it's Mm -hmm. the fact that they have to get over that eventually as well like so if if the world is going to change we basically need to be like hey we need to work from both sides to get around a stupid laws b prejudice, but also we need to be willing to forgive when progress progress is made in a particular direction because it's the point of if you've been persecuted and you harbor that hate you harbor that resentment that's going to cause problems. That's how all of these problems start effectively. And it's the idea that Nira is able to kind of go, look, you're all Starfleet. I hate Starfleet, but maybe it's a start, you know, and it's, and it's that idea of just being like, you know, that she's willing to kind of go, okay, if we keep progressing in this direction, I can bury the hatchet and maybe, you know, Except Starfleet, and I think that was a wonderful little touch to it because it's so,
0: it was so good, so well written. This episode, guys, this has been our review of Adastra per Aspera, to the stars through hardship. Thank you so so much to everyone who has joined in on the conversation, who is watching this video, who has liked, shared, commented, everything we absolutely love star trek we love talking about star trek and if anything this episode shows star trek at its very best so i would like to thank the lovely science officer Sinoise for joining me tonight for this episode. it has been a pleasure <laughs> the uss adequate will be docking in newcastle upon tyne this sunday <laughs> uh what day is it on sunday june, june the twenty fifth. sunday <laughs> it's a sunday no what date <laughs> God, uh the adequate will be docking in Newcastle upon Time on June the twenty fifth for SunnyCon Anime Expo at Saint James's Park. If no one knows what that is, that is the home stadium of Newcastle United Football mm. Club. That that one um, where they play football. And um, guys, if you want to
1: continue this discussion in the comments, please feel free. Okay, I think this could be a really interesting thing. If you want to. If you want to post a comment on this video about how the episode or even this discussion made you feel, and any points that you think are valid, let's do that and let's continue the discussion. Because I think it's, I I think there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be discussed. And the whole point of this episode is that if you bring things into the open, you don't just hide them with a fucking plea deal. Yeah. If you bring it into the open, then good things happen from discussion. Yeah. Um, I need to point out that I am, I'm not here next week, am I? No,
0: the science yeah, officer's got short leave. Disappoint anyone. Science officer's got short leave uh next I week. Know. The the bastard has decided to go to Riser for the week. So
1: <laughs> it's, not, it's I am I me and the drag show crew, uh the lovely collective that we do. We basically have a drag collective uh where we're just good good friends who do different styles of drag. Uh, we're going to be performing at Home Festival that is near County Durham. It's a wonderful little wellness and uh, wellness and like it's got yoga it's got drag it's got djs it's got like it's it's really cool but um yeah we're going to be performing on the friday night and i didn't realize that i thought we were saturday night so i thought i could like go down on like you know friday after we did this or saturday morning and yeah they're like no no (laughs) you need to be on stage at like nine and i'm like oh okay so so yeah so sadly and because of how strange new worlds only comes out on Des, Des. a Friday morning we basically can't even pre-record it so I'm afraid but I'm, I'm so glad that I was that this episode was this week I would have been gutted if an episode this good was when I'm not here to discuss oh, it oh we would have, would we have, would have moved
0: me. heaven and earth to. hopefully it's a
1: shit one next week and you're just like man, nah, whatever
0: well next week guys like I said Syanois will be on shore leave uh, conducting covert ops uh dress like i just
1: explained what it is goodwill don't try dressing it up with fucking fluff i'm making it canon <laughs> <laughs> Another crew member there's got to be a drag planet there's got to be some kind of oh my god what would you imagine call it that, imagine a race of drag queens imagine a race of snatches. where their culture is
0: to be fabulous a real oh god <laughs> a race of snatches a race of snatches snatch prime sounds like a subscription service the um <laughs> another member of the adequate crew will be joining us next week all will be revealed next friday at 7:30 p.m. live i don't even know who it is <laughs> so it's going to be a surprise to everyone It's, good it's to be. Going to
1: be. i'll be on saturday being really really hungover just be like all i will say is,
0: all i will <laughs> say is it is another crew member of the starship adequate guys <laughs> continue this discussion down in the comments if you want to continue this discussion in our discord well you're in luck because the nerdy up north discord is in the description oh, below nice. where we've got our very own trekking channel so if you want to discuss all things star trek hop on the discord it's free say hello they're an absolutely fabulous bunch in there loads and loads of dedicated cult members just don't drink the kool-aid we have also got instagram we've got twitter we have got twitch we've got the Tiki and the Toki. We've got the Velvet Snatch on YouTube. <laughs> Sinoise also does a little bit of Twitch. Are you twitching tonight? I don't want it to pizza? become a thing.
1: I am streaming tonight, but I've done the thing again where I haven't eaten. So if I'm like, I can't
0: order pizza three yes, weeks in can. a row. That's like,
1: that's like 65 order quid Greggs. worth of dominoes. Man. Order Greg's. They're shut. It's okay.
0: Get them to reopen. Do you know who I am, I'm the Velvet Snap. Yes. Hello? Greg's Hello? sponsorship. Mm, Nerdy Up North broken. sponsorship, Greg's.
1: <laughs> so help me. Or i will at my window. Yeah. I am really tempted to get pizza again. Do it. Uh, because I know that if I'm going to Sunnycon tomorrow, also, I'll be at Sunnycon yes. on the Saturday uh, as well as the Sunday. So if you're at there Saturday, come up. We'll have a chat. Come um, up.
0: The rest of the Nerdy Up yeah, North but crew I am will tempted be tempted to get Sunday. pizza again. Yeah. The rest of the Nerdy North crew will be there on Sunday. We are panels, so is Sinoise. You could also follow the Girl podcast on there. The Velvet Ooh, Snatch is girl. official. Oh, daddy. The Velvet <laughs> Snatch is official website. I am on Twitter, if you don't already know. I am the person that won't shut up about Star Trek on Twitter. That Has is Mark me. blocked you yet? No. <laughs> That's it. Keep trying. <laughs> I have got a care package for him. I've actually I've actually curated a care package. I'm fully expecting a
1: full-on misery moment with you and you and There
0: Mark. is a, there is a t-shirt. There is Greg's memorabilia. There is regional memorabilia. So help me god, it's going to be the best goddamn care package he's ever oh, seen. God. Mark if you are listening back to this run. <laughs> um If yeah, you enjoy That's right, Christopher. Care package. Care package, yes. There's a hole in the bottom. If you enjoy nine and a half foot tall people that play guitar, we've also got Adam's music links in the description below. He is Ooh, so spicy. He's fantastic with the fingers, guys.
1: He's, his fingering is
0: second to none. The harmonics that he pulls off—it's unbelievable. Honestly, my god, the scales that he can do. Oh my word. Oh dear, daddy. Um, yes. Anyway, so um. <clears throat> There is no <laughs> There is no I he's
1: got you on the turn, Goodwill. He's yeah. got Daddy. Adam's
0: got you on the turn. As soon as he he's
1: gets... Anson Mount. Anson Mount. Anson, Anson, Mount Anson
0: Mount me. As soon as a... <laughs> Look, Adam, if you do a cover of Fear for the Heart, I will find where you live. Oh no! I will get a no, stepladder. This... I will get a stepladder in a yellow pages. But um, it's been a long road, it will be a long road. But it's uh, from there to here. Adam, coming in your ears since 2022. Oh my. <laughs> coming oh. in your ears, coming in your ears, and many other places. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> this Sunday, yeah. there will there be a podcast on Sunday night because. There will be a recorded Because we're busy. We're busy. (laughs) There will be a recorded podcast from SonyCon which we will put up on the U in the tube. I will be there doing live Facebook lives and all this jazz. And then there will be Monsters up North on Monday when they are discussing the fandom of the opera on Monday at YouTube.
1: And amazingly, we actually all watched the same movie this time.
0: Oh, really?
1: Because <laughs> last time we were watching... When we had the first discussion about Phantom of the Opera, when it was all together, mm. uh, we kind of got like halfway through the discussion and then we are like, wait, which one were you watching? <laughs> <What>? oh. <laughs> you Oh! Know, and, and this one, we've all watched the 1925 one, which oh, is... Oh, good. Oh, so good. Yes. Like, it it's on YouTube. So be what we do is be... Uh, join, join us on Monday when we'll be, um it's pre-recording, sorry to yeah, spoil the magic, true. but basically join us on Monday for Monsters Up North talking about Phantom of the Opera, but before then on YouTube search for 1925 Phantom of the Opera, you can watch it for free because it's all copyright free, uh, and it's a silent film, but put it on, put it on, put the cheeky girls on as the music or something, but like, um, I don't know.
0: No one outside of the UK will recognise what the cheeky girls are. Put Rick Astley on. You'll
1: know. El Sunderland pride that. Um,
0: Oh!
1: Oh, it's a sick burn. but.
0: God. Hang on. I'm
1: (laughs) I'm
0: detecting sass. right guys
1: don't get me started on fucking assembling
0: fights oh (laughs) anyway guys we are going to wrap it up there we will well I will be back next week at 7.30pm live on the U and the tube Graham will be back in two weeks time until then guys we will love you and leave you we love each and every one of you live long and prosper stay safe look after each other farewell tatty bye
1: Miles? Miles? Miles?
0: Daddy!